Dear Son, on the night before he suffered, instituted the sacrament of his body and blood. Mercifully grant that we may receive it thankfully in remembrance of Jesus Christ our Lord, who in these holy mysteries gives us a pledge of eternal life, who now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. from Exodus. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the 10th of this month, they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat of it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a year old male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembled congregation of Israel shall slaughter it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorstops 
and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the lamb that same night. They shall eat it roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roast it over the fire with its head, legs, and inner organs. You shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. This is how you shall eat it. Your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals. On all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Psalm 116, we will read responsively by the half verse. I love the Lord because the Lord has heard the voice of my supplication. And inclined ear to me whenever I cried out. How shall I repay you, O Lord? For all the good things you have done for me. I will lift up the cup of salvation. And call upon the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord. In the presence of all the chosen people. Precious in your sight, O Lord. Is the death of your servants. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant as a child of your baby. You have freed me from my bonds. I will offer you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And call upon the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord. In the presence of all the people. In the courts of the Lord's house. In the midst of you, O Jerusalem. Hallelujah. reading from the first epistle to the Corinthians. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. On the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Where do you want us to make the preparations for you to eat the Passover? Jesus said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is near. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover meal. When it was evening, he took his place with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. And they became greatly distressed and began to say to him one after another, Surely not I, Lord. He answered, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that one by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one not to have been born. Judas, who betrayed him, said, Surely not I, Rabbi. Jesus replied, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will never drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Acknowledge, we humbly beseech you, a lamb of your own fold, a sheep of your own flock, a sinner of your own redeeming. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. This is one of those days that is sort of filled with holiness. Uh, Often we cram the foot washing uh, into... uh, the Eucharist, tonight we split them. I don't know if that was the right thing to do or not, but here we are to talk about the imposition of the Lord's Supper or the Eucharist. And um, I want to start at the beginning, if you don't mind. Well, you're here. (laughs) If you mind, uh, you can protest. Um, Something we don't often realize is that uh, what we have here has its basis in every Jewish home every Friday night for thousands of years. Thousands. There are two candles on the table, and it would be the practice that the oldest Jewish woman in the room would light these candles with a song. We're going to have a silver cup that our Jewish brothers and sisters call the Kiddush, and that is passed around the table every Friday night. There is wine in it. It is a symbol in the, in the Hebrew scriptures of joy. Not of alcohol, of joy. And so it is common practice that as that kiddush is passed around the, uh, the Shabbat table, that each person might say something that they are grateful for, or something that they have truly enjoyed during the week. And then, of course, there's always the loaf of bread. This is the, for the children to bless. I forgot to mention the oldest man in the room blesses the cup, the kiddush. And it is the children that bless the bread. And maybe you've seen it. Typically, it is challah, which is a braided strand, right? Represents many being one community. The children bless it and they eat it. 
Not so during Passover, of course, and many of you know the story. In order to prepare for Passover, uh, this is still practiced today. We often forget the setting. The Hebrew people have been slaves for a few generations, and this is the night where they're going to go free, and they're going to take all their stuff with them, and they're going to walk a really long time, a really long time. And their deliverance is going to be so sudden that there's no time for the bread to rise. Remember, there's no Fleischmann's yeast. There's no red star. It comes from the air. It comes from sourdough. There's no time. So they bake it before. Look, it's not yeast-free. They bake it before it has time to rise, so it's flat. I don't know if you notice this. They eat standing up, and they eat quickly. And they eat this lamb in a way that not even a Cajun person would eat. I mean, Cajuns will eat about anything. <laughs> Do you notice the organs and entrails are inside? There's not even time to gut the lamb. That's going to be really gross. I just want to make sure you know that's going to be a not a tasty meal. And one of the things we fundamentally misunderstand is that we think Jesus is the Passover lamb, so he must be a sacrifice for sin. And friends, that is not at all what our Jewish brothers and sisters understand at the Passover meal. The sin offering happens on Yom Kippur, and it is only done by the high priest. If you've read these instructions, every family kills their own lamb. This is no sacrifice to God. This is a sacrifice of an animal. They are giving up the life of a lamb that could otherwise provide them years' worth of wool and milk. They are foregoing economics because they need the calories. This is the bottom line. The Paschal lamb is not a sacrifice for sin. It is food for the journey. Well, why would they put the blood on the door? If you know anything about kosher food laws, our Jewish brothers and sisters are forbidden from eating the blood of any animal. In fact, kosher meat has not just been drained, it has been salted one, two, three times to wring all of the blood out. And that is because in the Hebrew Bible and frankly throughout the New Testament, blood is a symbol for life. You can eat the animal, but you do not own its life. You return the life force of the animal, the chi of the animal, you return it to God by pouring it to the earth. In this case, you show God, I didn't eat the life. The life is yours, God. I bear testimony, it is not my life, it is yours. This is a different frame I put before you on what happens at this meal with the disciples. Jesus does not tell him, I am your sin offering. He says, you need energy. You need energy for the journey out of bondage, and it starts now. It starts now. Jesus does something pretty dramatic. It confuses his disciples. This bread is my body, my life force, given to build yours up. This wine is my chi. Drink down the chi of Jesus so that you have energy for the journey out of bondage and to help one another find the liberation God intends. This is what we're going to receive. Sometimes we get so fixated on the words we forget that they point to something deeper than themselves. Now I tell our kids every year when we do chapel, we eat bread 
to give our body energy. What we do here is we say, God, there are parts of our body we don't see. They are invisible to the eye. You can call that emotions or thoughts. You can call that your spirit. Lord, we could use some holy energy in those parts. For this reason, we return. Separate thought. Maybe you've noticed in the instructions to Moses that the lamb offered must be blemish-free. That is to say, when you make a sacrifice, don't give cheaply. But I ran into a poem this week, and this line caught me. I don't know what you're here to do tonight. I don't know what your need is. But I hope you will sacrifice your idea of what is perfect so that you can live life on its own terms. This, I suggest, is what God would have you put on the altar. Your notions of being perfect or being good enough. Sacrifice those to God so that you can be who God made you to be, which is fine and perfect as it is in all of its flaws. This is a poem by Jared Manley Hopkins called Pied Beauty. Glory be to God for dappled things, for skies of couple color as a brindled cow, for rose moles all in stipple upon trout that swim, fresh fire coal, chestnut falls, finches wings, landscape plotted in pieced fold, fallow and plow and all traits, their gear and tackle and trim. All things counter, original, spare, strange. Whatever is fickle, freckled, who knows how, with swift, slow, sweet, sour, a dazzle dim, God fathers forth whose beauty is past change. Praise God. Even as we dine at the Lord's table, I offer to you to put on the Lord's altar standards you were never meant to live up to in the first place. To accept the beauty that lies in the mirror instead of the airbrushed beauty atop the magazine. Sacrifice the magazine so that you can worship what God has made, that you live in. You will need energy for that journey. That is what we are here to do. Receive energy from God's table. Sometimes we think when we hear this story, Jesus is calling Judas out. The one who's going to betray me is at the table. The truth is all 12 of them betrayed him. I've read the story. You have too. They all run away. There's no one. And here's the highlight of the story. Jesus knows this somehow. He doesn't scold them. He doesn't say, you're not good enough for me to wash your feet. No, precisely because you're going to betray me, that's why I will wash your feet. And that's why I will share my life force with you because you will need it when you're done. You will need it so when the pieces are broken, you will have the energy to put them back together. This is the invitation to the disciples. And what a wonder it is that something as ordinary as bread and wine, and keep in mind that in the time of Jesus, the average diet, 90% of your calories was a two-pound loaf of bread every day. 
90%. Yeah, maybe water wasn't as clean, so do hear that another part of your nutrition was wine. Think not of a fine Bordeaux. <laughs> Those did not exist. Think of two-buck chuck that's been left in the car in Houston. That's what people drank. They drank it for the nutrients. They drank it for the energy, and they drank it every day. And Jesus says, whenever you eat bread, remember me. That doesn't happen just once a week. Well, maybe you're on like the Atkins diet and you don't eat any bread. But I think what Jesus invites is he's not to be found just, well, once a week or once a quarter in something we do in church. The invitation is when we nourish our bodies, think on how we might nourish those parts of ourselves we cannot see. And we decided in the Episcopal Church we were not going to call this the Lord's Supper. We weren't even going to call this communion, which is nice, communion, our common unity. Now, we decided we would call this the Eucharist, which is just a fancy Greek word for thanksgiving. Sometimes we forget, we think only about how we are supposed to be thankful for what God has given us. What we forget is that God is exactly thankful for who you are, regardless of what you do or don't. We forget, which is why Jesus says, every time you eat, remember my thanksgiving for you. Every time you eat, be nourished with my thanksgiving for you. I don't even know if that's enough for me. Wish I could tie it to my breathing. <laughs> that still might not be enough. This is the invitation of the Eucharist. And of course, when we can fully accept God's gratefulness and thankfulness for who we are, then we can start to return thanks. But I suggest to you, until we are grateful for who God has made us, our thanksgiving is hollow. This energy is invited to take us somewhere. And I know I've told you this story before, if you've been here in years past, but I probably will never get rid of this memory. Um, when I was in seminary, we were assigned supervised ministry. We called it S&M for short. And um, <laughs> my supervised ministry my first year at Emory in Atlanta was to be a chaplain at a drug rehab facility for homeless black crack addicts. It was called the Carpenter's House. I was 21, of course, I was uh, maybe even whiter than I am now, I don't know. Uh, I had never seen or used drugs in my life. And I was invited to be this chaplain to these homeless men. I asked the director, what does our chaplain see? What are we supposed to do? The director said, I would hate to compromise your ministry by telling you what I expect. <laughs> Thank God I just kept my mouth shut. <laughs> Maybe for the only time in my life. <laughs> I listened as these men told stories of their rock bottom. This is the first step in NA, their rock bottom. My rock bottom was getting a B minus. 
I sat and listened to somebody who had a gun pulled on them in the presence of their girlfriend and children and a Kentucky Fried Chicken. The drug dealer tried to shoot them. The gun misfired. They left. They left their girlfriend and their kids behind. They fled. That was not their rock bottom. Went to chapel. <laughs> they had a chapel service because this was faith-based. What do you say to those men? What I heard them say, this was their song. This was their theme song. They sang it every time in chapel. It's a hymn by Fanny Crosby. Maybe you know it. Pass me not. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others you are calling, do not pass me by. Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others you are calling, do not pass me by. And telling stories that made me shudder that were not even their rock bottom. There was a visceral feel that they had been passed by. Part, I think, of the triduum, the invitation to these holy mysteries, is that there have been enough Passovers. There have been enough people passed over because they didn't have a sponsor, because they didn't have what I have, a family with resources who would not allow me into the gutter if that's where I was veering. We hear this story of the salvific Passover and we are also salvifically called to stop the Passovers for people who have no one behind them. I don't know if any of these stuck for you, but what I do know is that in all of them, I hear the need for energy I don't have. Energy that comes, frankly, from the life force of Jesus, that comes from God's thanksgiving for dappled things. <sighs> to see the beauty of God in dappled things and to give thanks and then to protect the beauty of the dappled things. I hear that as the holy mystery tonight. So whether you have been passed over or you are called to stand beside those who have been passed over, may the body of Jesus build you up. May the life force of Jesus fill you, uh, not only with life, but with energy to give life. Somehow, even in moments of betrayal or pain, perhaps we, the church, can do what Jesus did on this night, took a group of 12 people who didn't like each other and got them to sit down at the same table. And maybe that would be enough. I know God 
would be grateful for it. Please join me as we pray our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father of the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that he has seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. The prayers of the people are on page 7 of your bulletin. We pray for God to fill us with the Holy Spirit. Generous God, we thank you for your power to create discomfort and wrestling within us. We ask that you disturb us so that we may be stretched to serve you and our neighbors better. When we are too well pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we dream too little, when we arrive safely because we sail too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord. When the abundance of things we possess we have lost our thirst for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity. In our efforts to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Disturb us, Lord. To dare more boldly, to venture on wider seas where storms will show your mastery, where losing sight of land we shall find the stars. We ask that you push back the horizons of our hopes and to push us forward with strength, courage, hope, and love. Disturb us, Lord. So that while we are in health, we may be steadfast in prayer for the healing of others, especially for the celebrations and petitions of this parish family. May we not only pray for the sick among us, but also give them the gifts of personal contact and visits. Disturb us, Lord. When we strive to be anything less than agents of reconciliation and wholeness in a world where there is division, sickness, and sorrow. Disturb us, Lord, until we see others as you see them, until peace becomes as precious as the air. 
until we love as you love. Let us humbly confess our sin unto Almighty God. Holy God, creator of all that is, donor of grace and giver of life, hear our prayer. There are chasms in our lives, deep valleys that separate us from one another and from you. We confess that we have allowed those rifts to grow for fear of admitting our part in separation, for fear of being rejected when we reach out. You call us to a reconciled life, to healed relationships, to a wholeness with each other and with you. Mend us, we pray, and make us new creations through the power and love of Christ, and in whose name we pray. Amen. Friends, hear this good news. The love and thanksgiving of God is beyond measure, and you are included in that love. Know that you are forgiven, and thus free to love and serve. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Good evening, peace, and thank you for worshiping with us this evening. Um, you're holding in your hand a pretty substantial booklet. Uh, that's intentional uh, because these three holy days we call the Triduum, they're not actually meant to be separate. They really go together. And so uh, if we were running a relay series, this would be your first medal. <laughs> and there's another one to be had tomorrow. And then there's another one Saturday. And then on Sunday, you get the one that ties them all together at the vigil. Now, uh, a little bit just aside, but to be honest, the story really only works when we hold it all together. So opportunities to join that story at home through stream or here in person tomorrow at noon and at six we'll have the, um, the Good Friday liturgy and uh, you may know this there are two days in the Episcopal Church where the Eucharist cannot be celebrated. Cannot. Tomorrow and Saturday. Hence I'm going to um, consecrate way more than we need so that you can receive reserve sacrament tomorrow. I do perceive it to be a dark day. And on dark days especially, holy energy could really come in handy. So I make it available tomorrow. On Saturday, it's morning prayer, and many of us don't uh, necessarily do this, but uh, having lived in Germany and Bavaria, this is actually the holiest day of the year, Holy Saturday, uh, even more so than Easter. It is a day when Jesus is in the tomb. You decide what he's doing. I'll speak to that briefly. Um, but it's a morning prayer, and we'll be also uh, nourished by the reserve sacrament. Uh, on Sunday, of course, we have a few opportunities for worship. At 6.30 in the morning, we'll start outside. We kindle a new fire, and we come in in the darkness uh, with candles, and uh, we do the readings with candles. I mean, you're going to be holding a candle for a little bit. I just want you to be prepared. Uh, that is part of the beauty of the service, to be honest. It is absolutely gorgeous, and there is no service like it. And then as the sun becomes uh, apparent outside the windows, the clear book drum line will play something like the great noise, which simulates the earthquake. <laughs> 
and the space will be transformed. Uh, you'll have an opportunity to renew your baptismal vows. And look, there's no magic in the water. There isn't. Um, but if it helps you remember God's love for you, I'll invite you up and I'll splash you. So um, you won't need goggles, but you might need water-resistant mascara if you choose to wear that. Uh, that'll be on Sunday morning at 6.30 when we do the vigil. It is a longer service because we hear a few extra readings. I just want you to be prepared, but there is no service like it. There truly is not. Um, and then, of course, at 8.30 and 10.30, we'll have something that appears like our more regular Sunday services. Uh, there will be baptisms at 10.30 at least, and um, I will do them on the spot. So if this is a thing that you feel called to do, you can tell me in advance or you can just come to the font. Um, but this is what we are looking at the next few days. I hope that you will indeed uh, take time to make them holy. And I want to say this uh, because I think so often, depending on the way you've grown up, we might approach these holy mysteries with a sense of guilt or shame. And as your priest, I would discourage you from doing this. Shame and guilt take us nowhere with God. If you need something, then let it be gratitude and empathy. Gratitude and empathy are our invitations. Those are the holiest mysteries. I find nothing holy or mysterious about shame. Gratitude and empathy are gifts from God. In a few minutes after celebrating the Eucharist, just so you know, this isn't an accident. It's going to get dark. Because we know that even though Jesus had this meal with his friends on his way to the garden to pray, we know that one of his friends handed him over. This is dark. It will be dark. And everything will come out of here. And it will stay this way until the Easter Vigil um, so that we can live into that story. And truth be told, this is a story we've all walked. This is not just a story that Jesus did one time ago. We know what it is like both to betray and to be betrayed. And we understand that those moments are not moments when we're alone from God. Precisely, we connect to the story. God has gone there. God goes with us. And tonight, we go with God. So walk in love. As Christ first loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God. Thank you.
All things come of You, O Lord. And of Your own have we given You. Were You but of Jesus Christ. It is made ready for those who love him and those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little, you who have been here often and you who have not been for a long time or ever before, you who have tried to follow and you who have failed, come. Not because the church invites you, it is Christ. And he invites you to meet him here. Our service continues on page 364 of your red prayer book. Well, that's not right. 361. <laughs> the Lord be with you. creator of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord. For our sins he was lifted high upon the cross, that he might draw the whole world to himself. And by his suffering and death he became the source of eternal salvation for all who put their trust in him. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. And when we've fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, 
your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself, in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, all that I am, which is given to build you up. Whenever you eat bread, remember me. After supper, Jesus took the cup of wine. And when he given thanks to God, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood, my life force, given to nourish your own. Whenever you drink wine, remember me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer to you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people, the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. And sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity and constancy and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. And all this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now as our Savior Christ hath taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
grace of God for you, the people of God. Take, in them, and take them in remembrance that Christ died for you. And feed on them in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let's pray together. <coughs> Almighty and ever-living God, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. And now, Father, To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. to behold this your family for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed given into the hands of sinners and suffer death upon the cross who lives and reigns forever and ever Amen, Amen. Amen.
Shall bow be 